Hey, and welcome back to the FFP, guys. Thanks for being here for our awesome, we're really excited to do our top 30 wide receiver dynasty rankings. Now, we're finally coming through and about finished with our dynasty rankings. This has been a bit of a long series for us. We're excited to get into some other videos. I know somebody left a comment, uh, when are you going to do standard, and when are you going to do your complete rankings, and PPR, and all these other things. And so, finally, now we're getting close to the place, we're going to be able to start to do some of those other things. Uh, if you guys like the video, make sure to share the video, watch the whole thing like it leave a comment and of course uh, make sure to support in that way but also I'd also ask you guys to leave a comment or like down below or let us know in some way if you want us to do a live stream coming up that's something that we thought about doing uh, just simply where we could interact with you guys we would pick a main topic for the video and we would start that way but you guys would leave your your comments and your thoughts down below and we talk about it and you'd ask questions and we could do the research live with you guys I think that'd be a bit more interactive and I think it should be really fun uh, but we don't want to do it uh, unless you guys want us to do it and so make sure to let us know but I don't know if there's much else to say unless there's something you want to add we could probably get going here pretty quick yeah the only thing I want to add there is I know like according to the analytics 77 percent of you are watching this are not subscribers so that's huge subscribe that's huge for us love if you do that share the videos we appreciate the other thing we want to remind you this is not our wide receiver rankings it's our dynasty rankings and so we look at a lot of things. We're looking at maybe four to six years supporting cast. A lot of other things that cause fluctuations. There's a difference between your dynasty rankings versus your wide receiver rankings. Um, this video is actually going to be shorter. I want to go deep. You know me. I love to get in, really dive into all the reasons why we put players where we put them, where we rank them. But we're going to leave a lot of that more in-depth research for our wide receiver ranking video. But I think we should just get right into it. Yeah, absolutely, Rob. I believe you have the first guy. All right. It's going to be a little obvious to some of you, but here we go. DeAndre Hopkins right now is our number one guy. Heading into last year, we had him as our number two guy, and he did not disappoint. He had a great year, 115 catches, 1,572 yards, 11 TDs, and that's not a fluke. Uh, I think we all know this guy's been great since he's been in the league. Back in 2015, he had 111 catches, 1,521 yards, and 13 TDs. In the last four years, he's averaged 106 catches per season. And that's really off the charts. That's an amazing number. This guy's been spectacular. But in reality, he's better than that. This guy's actually been hindered by some bad quarterback play. I want you to consider this. Before he had Deshaun Watson throwing him the ball, here's some of the quarterbacks he's had to deal with. Some of the guys he's had throwing him the ball. So he's had guys like Matt Schaub, Case Keenum, Ryan Mallet. In 2015, the year he led the league with 111 catches, 1,521 yards, and that 13 tees that we mentioned previously, right? Here's who the quarterbacks were throwing him the ball. He had Ryan Hoyer. He had Ryan Mallet. Uh, he had uh, Yates and Brandon Whedon. In 2016, he had Brock Osweiler, Tom Savage. 2017, he had Savage and Yates again. Uh, so this guy's got a ton, a ton of talent. And his numbers would even be better if he had a quality quarterback. And, of course, I think he has that now with Deshaun um, Watson there. I think that's going to be huge. This guy's got a lot of talent. If you watch him, he makes very athletic plays in traffic. He's got great hands. He's still relatively young at 27 there. There's no glaring uh, character issues as far as this guy goes. He's known to have great work ethic. He's been a good teammate. There's really no deficiencies in his game. And during his six years in the league, he's only missed one game due to injuries. So um, the one concern that you have for him, anybody that's as talented, he's going to see a lot of double teams and things like that. But I will say this. They have solid compliments with wide receivers Kiki, QT, and Will for when he's healthy. Those guys should do just enough to lessen some of that pressure that he's seen there with double teams, the extra safety, slide over coverage, things like that. Um, and he had a career best reception percentage last season. I really love this guy. I think what's, again, the thing that I appreciate about him is the next few seasons, him and Deshaun Watts are going to be a dangerous combination for years to come. So mm -hmm. He's my number one guy. I don't know how you feel about that, but... He's hands down where I put my trust. No, I have to agree with you. Him at number one. Let's get to the number two guy. And really, how could we put anybody else here other than Michael Thomas? I, I feel like these top two guys are a lot, of, especially maybe even the top ten, are, are more firm rankings. As we get further down, things get a little bit iffy or, you know, maybe there's a lot of opinion shifts. But for these two guys especially, they deserve to be here. I mean, 141 receptions, 1,600 yards, and 10 touchdowns last year. Not only are those numbers insane, they're almost normal for Michael Thomas. I mean, this is a great, great wide receiver. Ever since Brandon Cooks left, he has been the guy, right? I mean, absolutely been the number one wide receiver on that team. He benefits from having a great quarterback in Drew Brees and, and for years has been the only guy in that passing game. And so that bodes really well for him. His production has been off the charts. Last season, he when Drew Brees threw to him, he generated a pass rating of 124. And in 10 games, he generated a pass rating of over 115. 
10 games. That's insane. That's off the charts. That is consistently elite numbers. Uh, but I think what really bodes well for him is the 83 first down catches he had last year. 83 of his receptions, 83 of his 141 catches were first downs. That's insane. But you know how much they rely upon him to move the chains and to keep that offense going? A ton. I like they went out and they got uh, Jared Cook. I think that's going to be huge. To be quite honest, there's a lot of pressure on him. He's got a lot of double teams and a lot of extra coverages, and so it's going to be really nice for him to maybe have a little bit more loose coverage this year. Those 83 first downs tells me he might even have more touchdowns, more yards, more catches when somebody else on that team becomes a bit more of a weapon in the passing game. I see absolutely no concerns with him. He is so young, and he has been so productive, and he is easily the number one guy on that team. So for me, there's no arguing him at number two. Yeah, you look at this guy's career catch percentage has been great. In fact, near the top of the NFL, even amongst all the uh, some of the greatest wide receivers that have been in the league, look at uh, Antonio Brown, guys like that we mentioned previously, um, Hopkins, his uh, catch percentage career-wise is better than all those guys. Last year, he was second in the NFL catch percentage beside, behind only Tyler Lockett. Uh, this guy is great, so I like uh, Michael Thomas. I think he's a safe quality pick there at number two. All right. All right, so who's number three? So we look at uh, Odell Beckham. Now, I imagine when we look at our wide receiver rankings, he won't be my number three wide receiver in my rankings. But as far as dynasty goes, i got to have this guy up there. He's still young at 26 years old. If you look at his career, he's been averaging 92 receiving yards per game over 16 games. It turns out to be 1,472 uh, yards. He's got 44 touchdowns in 59 games. That turns out to be 12 touchdowns over 16 games. His 390 catches in 59 career games projects out to be 106 catches per 16 games. That's a lot. If you take those numbers and you look at over 16 games, here's what he typically would average when he's out there for 16 games, right? 106 catches, 1,472 yards, and 12 TDs. Those are excellent numbers, to say the least. This guy's never struggled since he's been in the league. The moment he stepped on the field, he produced the moment he took the field. Uh, the only concern for this guy, really, is being healthy. He's had some injuries. Uh, and then the other concern maybe would be the drama that he brings. It's going to be interesting to see now that he's united with college teammate Jarvis Landry there. Uh, Jarvis Landry is known to ruffle a few feathers, too. So, like, that's the one concern I have is how these guys are going to be. Are they going to be positive? Are they going to play off each other negatively? What's their chemistry? Things like that there. Now, he goes from Eli Manning to Baker Mayfield. Now, Baker Mayfield, um, as a rookie last year's quarterback rate of 93.7 was better than any season Eli Manning's ever has in terms of quarterback rating. I didn't realize that. I looked into the numbers quite a bit there. To me, that's a huge upgrade to go from Eli Manning to Baker Mayfield. I also like the complement of weapons they have there in Cleveland. It's got a tight end that's up and coming, David Njoku. You've got Jarvis Landry, Nick Chubb, Duke Johnson, Kareem Hunt. I think those weapons are going to keep defenses honest. That's going to allow him to get open, maybe a little bit more than he saw there in New York there. Uh, his last four seasons, he's averaged during that 1,064 receiving yards, even though he's missed time. And I think... Uh, with Nick Chubb, I really like Nick Chubb. I think he led the league in yards after contact. Is that correct? Yes, he did. He absolutely crushed it. In fact, he led it by over a yard. Yeah. So, I mean, it's going to keep play action. Just really effective for them there. Yeah, I mean, if you start double teaming this guy, Chubb's going to kill you. Um, there's enough talent, once again, to keep defenses honest there. Um, downside, a lot of miles to feed. So, I think his target's going to drop per game, but I think his overall production is going to be healthy there. Um, I think this guy, if he can stay out of trouble, if he can stay healthy... Um, he could finish as one of the greatest wide receivers to play the game. I love Odell Beckham. He can do it all. So, mm -hmm. any thoughts there? No, absolutely. He's a very dynamic wide receiver, and I really am excited to see what he can do as he gets a better quarterback. And, and that should hopefully produce some more touchdowns. Should be an exciting year to watch that offense. All right. Now, Devontae Adams, I don't know how you guys feel about this, so I'd love because I know Packers players are especially very controversial in people's opinion. So leave a comment down below if you think that he fits really well into this number four spot. But I think he does. And for starters, we just got to talk about maybe one of the most simple and obvious things is the quarterback situation. Aaron Rodgers is a fantastic quarterback. In fact, he has the all-time highest passer rating over a career. What is it? 103.1, uh, I believe it is. I mean, that is phenomenal. That is way better than anybody else. That's like almost three points better than the next best guy, which just happens to be Russell Wilson. Um, but anyways, that is insane. That bodes very, very well for him. Having a great quarterback, maybe better than any other quarterback of these guys we've talked about so far. Um, that's huge, right? That bodes very well for him. He's not an old wide receiver. He's not, you know, of course, he's not really young, but I think he's got that nice balance of that maturity, but he's not aging and we haven't seen any slowdown in production. We don't expect to see that for a long time. Uh, again, going back to that Rodgers thing, Rodgers, like his top wideout produces and produces lots of touchdowns. Devontae Adams had 13 touchdowns last year, and that was not a fluke. 
I mean, they just every single year, whoever's his top guy seems to get 12, 13, 14 touchdowns. In fact, um, a couple of years ago, really his last good year, Jordy Nelson had 14 touchdowns. And then, boom, two years later, he's struggling in Oakland or whatever. And he's just kind of a non-factor. And I think that really shows you what Rodgers does for that number one guy. On top of that, he's a playmaker. A lot of guys, a lot of wide receivers can be very productive where I like his balance. And what I'm saying is some wideouts get a lot of catches, very Jarvis Landry-esque, but they're only getting eight or nine yards of catch and they're not getting a lot of touchdowns. And other guys are Tyreek Hill or T.Y. Hilton's. They're going to get you 15, 16 yards of catch, but they're not getting you as many catches. They're these big playmaking guys. Devontae Adams is a great balance. He averaged 12.4 yards per reception, uh, but that's not because he's only getting these medium length catches. It's interesting. He can stretch the field and go deep for these huge plays, but he's also a guy who can play tight in the slot. He does really well in the red zone. He is one of the most diverse wide receivers in his skill set. So I really like him here in this spot here at number four. Yeah, I like the fact they have a new offensive coordinator, too, there. Um, I think it's going to open some things up, new head coach. So I think that's going to benefit him. He's had three consecutive t seasons with double-digit touchdowns. You know, and really last year was the first season we had an opportunity for, he, for him to become the team's number one wide receiver. I think he responded greatly. I like Devontae Adams. The guy's solid so, and still pretty young. Juju Smith-Schuster here. For a lot of you might think this is real high. I don't know where you land on this guy. I love Juju Smith-Schuster. I love him heading into last year, and I think he only validated those uh, um, thoughts that we had concerning him. Last year, he was amazing. Won 111 catches, right? 1,426 yards. What's even more amazing, you look at those numbers. I want to say that again. 111 catches, 1,426 yards, and he didn't lead his team in targets. Like, that's an amazing number if you consider that, right? Uh, obviously, it was Antonio Brown that led his team in targets there. Usually a guy that has those sort of numbers plays for a team where he's maybe over-targeted. A lot of times teams are forcing the ball into traffic, forcing the ball into their one guy. They almost get a disproportionate amount of targets, but this guy, that wasn't the case. Once again, he was number two on the team in targets there. Some people were surprised at what he did last season. We weren't. Uh, going into the preseason, we're big on this guy. You look at the second half of his rookie year. This guy really started to blossom and come into his own. The second half of his rookie year in 2017, he had three games which he had receiving yard totals of 193, 114, and 143. In that year, he finished with 917 yards and 7 TDs, but it was really in just 13 games. Now, if you look at it, it'll say 14 games, but in one of those games, he got hurt very, very early in that game. And so really, in reality, that was over 13 games. You take that out, um, take those numbers out, and you average over two seasons. This guy's over two seasons, average over 16 games, 90 catches, 1,228 yards. Um, really good numbers, right? He's still going to be only be 22 years old entering the season. There's a lot of guys in college right now that are still 22 years old, and he's in his third season in the NFL, and he takes over as the number one guy for Pittsburgh now that Antonio Brown is gone. I love him. I love Juju Smith-Schuster. On a side note, a uh, little disappointed Antonio Brown, some of the shots he's taken, some of the attitude that he's had. Uh, he took a shot at Juju Smith-Schuster recently, and I love how the young guy replied to him. He didn't take the bait. He didn't bite. He showed maturity. I love this kid. I think he's got a huge, huge ceiling. Absolutely. It's one of those things where you're going to get a bit of a trade-off, right? You're going to get more attention from defenses, but you're going to get more targets. And we're going to see some increased production. I think he's going to have a phenomenal season. There's really nothing to dislike about this guy. And so, uh, yeah, I mean, this is a perfect spot for him. Remember that this is dynasty rankings, and he is maybe the best dynasty wide receiver. I mean, when you look at next couple of years, he's, he's up there. But in the next five to ten years, he's my book, he's got to be number one oh, this guy, yeah, in the long term. But let's move on. Let's get to the next guy I'm excited to talk about. And this is Mike Evans. Now, Mike Evans has always been a bit of a confusing guy. A lot of people don't know what to think about him. He's a guy you'll have 10 touchdowns and then three, and he'll be all over the place. I love him. So last year he went out, he had 1,500 yards on a just monstrous 17.7 yards per reception. That is insane because I don't know about you guys, but I've never really thought of him as a guy who's just this deep ball threat. Right. For me, he's always been more than that. He's a great possession receiver. He's got a big body. I mean, this is, you know, very Calvin Johnson-esque sort of wide receiver in that seeming way. Uh, a lot of guys who are that big aren't those deep threats, but he's managed to do both. So for that reason alone, I like him. But he had this great season last season. What I like about him most is he had two different quarterbacks, Fitzpatrick and Winston. And I think that that's really important to note because, quite honestly, that's just difficult. 
players bounce around. They have different statistics, and quarterbacks target them differently. And in fact, when you look at it, he had a bit of an increase in his statistics with Jameis Winston. It was kind of weird the way it worked. He started off the season pretty good with Fitzpatrick, and then Winston comes in, his numbers slow down. And for a couple of games, he struggles, but then he really gets back into the swing of things, and so I think that's huge. Um, and then what I really like, I think a really good peer measurement for a wide receiver and his ability and his talent to really see where he's at is yards per route run. And this is able to account for really any guy. If he's a deep threat guy or more of a shorter guy, a guy's a mid-range wide receiver, whatever it may be, it accounts for all of that. Just your total yards and all of your routes, he finished with 2.39 yards per route run. Now that doesn't sound really high, uh, but it actually is. In fact, that's seventh best in the NFL last season. And I think that's really Really impressive considering the situation. I'm excited to see what he can do going into this next couple of years with Winston as his quarterback, who I think is actually kind of underrated and uh, really been just have that consistency. You know what I mean? I think it's very difficult for a guy to have a great season when you're bouncing around teammates and coaches. Yeah, I think this guy's been a bit overlooked. The NFL right now is loaded with good wide receivers. You got Julio Jones, Antonio, uh, Antonio Brown, you got Odell Beckham, you name it, right? The first five seasons he's been in the league, he's at over a thousand yards. The only other wide receiver I can say that is not those guys I mentioned. It's him and A.J. Green. That's great company to be in. That's elite. This guy has been very solid there. I think it also helps the departure of Jackson Humphreys. More targets once again. I really like him. I think he's overlooked by a lot. I think he's very solid. I love the fact too he's six foot five. So even if this guy loses a step as he gets older, with that big physical body, he'll always be a red zone threat. So absolutely. So for me, Tyree Kill there, uh, speedster, back to back years over a thousand yards. Uh, in fact, he's increased his touchdown catches and yards in back-to-back seasons since he entered the league as a rookie. Last year, he had a great season finishing with 87 catches, 1,487 yards, and 12 touchdowns there. Now, he came into the league and he was drafted in the fifth round. I think a lot of people viewed him as a project, a guy who had a lot of speed but maybe had to work out some things, kind of refine himself as a wide receiver. But he's more than a project. This guy has arrived. He's got insane speed, and he's very elusive with his uh, sharp cuts. This guy is hard to cover there. Now, some people might be concerned about his ceiling because he's a smaller wide receiver at 5'10". That's not great height for a wide receiver. We talked about Evans, you know, at 6'5". But here's the thing. If you look at great wide receivers in the past, you look at Steve Smith, Antonio Brown, T.Y. Hilton. Those all guys have the same size that he is. They're all about 5'10". And they have dominated. In fact, Brown is more than a guy who has speed that stretches the field. Antonio Brown, last six years, had over 100 catches. He's a great possession receiver. And I think uh, Tyreek Hill can be more than just a fast guy there. Um, Gotta love the fact that he's got Pat Mahomes throwing him the ball for the next how many years that those two are going to be together. He's a great quarterback there with a strong arm that can get deep, um, can buy time. He's elusive in the pocket, and that helps him quite a bit there. Any concerns? Had some legal issues in college, and now recently uh, he's under investigation for the possibility, I believe it's for some child abuse things. But from the way the Chiefs are playing it, from what we're hearing from reports, everything would seem to indicate that he's going to be um, fine in that regard. He's not going to be in any sort of trouble there. I like the fact that Travis Kelsey and other weapons are on that team. That's going to keep defenses honest, and that's going to make it a little more difficult for them to double cover him or side coverages over there because of the weapons that they have. I love Tyreek Hill there. So any thoughts on Tyreek? No, I completely agree with that, and that, that fits perfectly. How can you not put this guy high up on the list when he's got Pat Mahomes? He threw 50 touchdowns last year, um, and really as the clear-cut number one wideout. Of course, the number two target behind Kelsey, but the number one receiver – that's a perfect fit right there. He's a guy who's bound to have just a great career going forward. All right, what about Julio Jones? Now, this is kind of interesting. Julio Jones, I believe, 30 years old. He's getting a little bit older now. And so this is kind of the question is, why is he on this list, right? Considering all things considered, can we really put him here with his age? And yes, we can. For starters, one of our things that we've talked about, and I've said it many, many times, and so I apologize for kind of beating a dead horse on this one, uh, but we're not looking at the next 10 years. We're not even necessarily looking at the next five years. We're really looking at the next three years. It's probably a realistic range when we do our dynasty rankings. Of course, we want to look super far ahead, but you know the NFL is going to look so different seven years from now. We're not bothering to make predictions that far forward. And so the next two, three, four years is more of a better range. And for a guy... Uh, Julio Jones, who hasn't slowed down yet, and at some point he'll start to slow down, uh, that's not too much of a problem. His production has still been insane. Of course, we all know that he is a just PPR giant. He's insane. 113 receptions last year, 1,600 yards. That's really the normal for Julio Jones, and so we like him at this spot. Not too high. Uh, he had eight touchdowns last season. This is what's crazy and what I really like about it. So he had eight receiving touchdowns last season, 
All of them came in the second half of the season. Every single one. He started so slow and he had so much struggle and so many issues, but he finished strong. Matt Ryan had a huge production increase last year, and I think that really came with Calvin Ridley. Calvin Ridley coming in and improving as a wide receiver helped Julio Jones get open and find the end zone more. Of course, helped Matt Ryan. Uh, and then finally, 10 games last year, he had over 100 yards receiving. A lot of leagues do bonuses. If you're in a league that does bonuses for having over 100 receiving yards, that is an insane amount of production, an insane amount of uh, extra points. And so I like Julio Jones in this spot. Some people may say it's a little high because of his age, but we have seen no signs of slowing down. And until we do, we got to keep him somewhere on this list for sure. Yeah, as far as the yards go, there is no wide receiver in the NFL right now that gets more yards per game since his third season. Since then, this guy's averaging 100 receiving yards per game. This guy is a stud there. I like him. I think he's huge. And I think you're right. Calvin Ridley is going to continue to help uh, him a little bit, open some things up, keep defenses honest. I like that. So. So we got Amari Cooper here. This is a former first-round pick, fourth overall. A lot of people forget how high he was and how highly touted he was coming out of college there. First two seasons in Oakland were solid there, had pretty good numbers. And then season three, he began to struggle. And then last year, he gets traded to Dallas. Um, after he got traded to Dallas, he took off, he exploded, and he had a great year. In nine games with Dallas, he had 53 catches, 725 receiving yards, and six touchdowns. You project that over 16 games, that would be 94 catches, 1,289 yards, and 11 TDs. And he followed up with a very solid postseason performance in two games. The postseason, he had 13 catches, 171 yards, and a touchdown. Now, this was a guy that people said, you know, this guy's got a big body. He's, he can separate. He's got speed. He's got a lot of talent. But he's known for dropping the ball, right? Last year, he increased his catch percentage by 20 points. That's huge. And that was a career best for him there. He killed it. Um, he's still young at 25 years of old, so this guy's still got some maturation, some things that can happen. He can still evolve and improve as a wide receiver there. And I love that he's got Dak Prescott and really – Ezekiel Elliott, who you could argue is the best running back in football right now. And so teams are not going to double team him when you've got um, Elliott there running the ball so well. So I really love Amari Cooper there at 25, young, talented. I'm excited to see what he can do for a full season with the Dallas Cowboys. Absolutely. All right, now what about Antonio Brown? Antonio Brown is 30 years old as well, just like Julio Jones, and he has had some insane numbers. Now, we really have to break this down into two things. There are three things, I guess. There is his new situation that he's in, his talent, and his attitude. Those are probably the three <laughs> things that we have to look at. And his talent's there, right? Since he has been in the NFL, in two, uh, since I believe 2010, he is first in receptions with 837 First in receiving yards with 11,207. Second in receiving touchdowns with 74. Second in targets with over 1,200 targets. And fourth in yards per game, averaging 86.2 yards per game. He's been insane, easily been statistically, hands down. It is clear cut since 2010. He has been the number one, the best wide receiver in the NFL. I, I don't think that we can argue that. But now we have to project going forward. He is 30 years old, so he is past his prime. He's not going to get better. He's only going to get worse at some point. That may not be this year or even next year, but it's going to start to happen. His attitude is a huge problem because, I mean, quite honestly, you look, he's going to a new coach, a new team, a new system, and I don't know how much patience they're going to have for him. If I were a coach, I'd be tempted to just sit him a whole game just to tick him off because he's such a little brat sometimes. Um, and so that is certainly a concern of how much issue is that going to be. I'm already seeing articles of people saying, like, ah, he's already bothering people in Oakland and they already don't like him there and stuff. That's a huge concern. And so really going forward, that inconsistency is, is a big fear. Um, now, I do have to say that I know a lot of people are hating on Derek Carr as far as his system goes now as we're talking about what he's going to be able to do there. I think a lot of people hate on Derek Carr. I think Derek Carr is a better quarterback than some people give him credit for. However, he's going from a worse or a better system and a better quarterback to a worse system and a worse quarterback. Ben Roethlisberger has proven himself to be better than Derek Carr, and the Steelers have proven themselves to say we're going to throw more than the Raiders will ever throw. I mean, the Raiders, just their philosophy, the way they run that team, there's almost no way they throw the ball as much as the Steelers do. And I think that he is going to seriously be hurt from those numbers going forward. For the next year, I think he'll be fine, but I think we're going to see a slight decrease, and that decrease is going to increase over time and be more and more of an issue. Uh, as far as his first year goes, we may not see much of a drop-off, but I think we'll see a little bit of a drop-off. That's going to get worse and worse every single year he's there. Right. 
So Brandon Cooks, they're 26 years old, still pretty young. This guy can't stay on a team, and I feel bad for him. He was drafted by the Saints, traded to New England, and he was traded to the Rams. And all this in spite of the fact this guy's had four consecutive seasons with over 1,000 receiving yards. So this guy is, uh put up solid numbers, right? He's a former first-round pick that's a speezer. He can stretch the field. But he's more than that. He's actually a very polished receiver. This guy's very talented. He's a very solid, complete wide receiver there. Now he's playing in a prolific offense ran by McVay and Goff. The Rams have finished first and second last two years in offensive points scored, averaging over 30 points per game in the last two years. This offense loves to throw the ball. They're very prolific. He's going to benefit from that there. Um, last season, he had the most total yards he's ever had in a season and his best yards per game totals ever. Um, I think he's got a limited ceiling for a couple of reasons. One, there's a lot of most to feed in that team. You look at Cooper Cup, you look at Woods, you got Gurley, things like that. Um, I think because the type of receiver that he is, the way that he is, his talent, his skills, things like that. This is a guy that's never going to compete to be a top five wide receiver in the league, but he's very good, and he'll always consistently be in the top 15 to 20 range there. Very solid there. Once again, only 26, playing in a great offense. I love Brandon Cooks. Not a sexy pick, but a very solid and safe wide receiver for years to come. Yep, absolutely. All right, now we have Keenan Allen, and of course, um, deep inside my insecurities, fear putting him on this list because there's always the nerves that he's just going to get hurt for the next season. And of course, you, you can't rank guys according to the chances that they're going to get injured. And, and he's actually was really healthy last year. And so it doesn't seem to be a problem. But I always have to say that he's one of those players that does make me a little bit nervous. And I always stay away from him in the draft. But the numbers are there and the talent is there. He's got a good quarterback and he's proven himself to be really the favorite target of Phillip Rivers. Last year he had 103 catches, 1,300 yards, and seven touchdowns. Here's what I really like about that, though. He got hot at the end of the season. Six of his seven touchdowns came week 10 or later. I mean, that's huge. That is really telling you that, you know, maybe there were some earlier issues at the beginning of the season, but they really started to work some things out and figure it out. So I think that is very good. In fact, that coincides very well with when Mike Williams was starting to produce, kind of similar to the Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley situation, where he's a good wide receiver who was waiting for that number two guy to relieve some pressure off of him and to give him a little bit of help. Uh, he had 422 yards after catch. That's 4.1 average yards after catch. Um, that's kind of a weird statistic, but it, it really measures a wide receiver's ability to do something with the ball once he's caught it, not just to catch it and then fall down, but his athleticism, how much is his quarterback versus how much is his talent. And so that right there is pretty good numbers, actually better than a lot of wide receivers that we're talking about on this list. And then finally, a lot of people are thinking, you know, maybe he gets less targets because Hunter Henry is back. I, a, I don't think Hunter Henry is going to be the elite tight end that some people think he's going to be. Um, and B, Tyra Williams is leaving. This is a guy who had about 650 yards or whatever. I don't actually remember exactly what it is, so maybe I should avoid saying anything there. But, you know, he had some pretty good statistics, and I think that's going to about balance out. Keenan Allen is a great option, and I really like him there. You talk about how he exploded this year late in the season. He did the exact same thing the year before after week nine really took off. I don't know why that is with this guy. Um, I think he's a great position receiver. I think he's a guy that has a very high ceiling but a very low floor, meaning he's a guy, like you said, that could get injured and you'd be done for the season, or he's a guy that it could stay healthy, ended up in the top five in wide receiver scoring. So you just don't know. But uh, let's move on. Adam Thielen here, 29 years old. I love the guy. I'm a Vikings fan. He's got a great story. Okay, took a while for him to blossom. He actually had to try out for the team as a walk-on. Uh, made the team, went to practice squad, eventually moved into special teams, and now he's an NFL star there. Every season in the league, he's improved his catches and his yards. Every year that he's been in the league, I believe it's six seasons there. He followed up his 2017 season where he had 1,276 yards, and last year he ended up with 1,373 receiving yards. Very good numbers. He's known to have exceptional work ethic. Um, he's a good team player, and him and Kirk Cousins have good chemistry. Um, he's very good. Now, um, the reason why I bumped him down the list a little bit is because of his age at 29. He's not old, per se, but he's not young. A lot of the wide receivers that we have ahead of him are three to four years younger than he is, so I really love Adam Thielen. There's really no deficiencies in his game, per se, but at 29, there's just some guys that are a few years younger than him, but I really love this guy, especially being a Vikings fan. What's not to like about him? Anything you want to add to that? No, I don't have anything to add to that. Love him. Not necessarily the youngest guy, but there's no age concern because he is not old, and his production has been really pretty good the last few years. Very good, in fact. 
All right, so what about T.Y. Hilton, man? I got to say, right off the bat, I like this guy. I love him when Andrew Luck is there. He doesn't have much value if Luck is out, but when Luck plays, the numbers are there. They absolutely are there. With 16.6 yards per reception, he is a big playmaker who can be have no catches, no yards, no touchdowns in the game in the fourth quarter, and have one big catch, and it'd be 75-yard touchdown, and boom, he's right in there to a good fantasy game. Really, one play can turn the tide for this guy, and he is athletic, man. He had 469 yards after catch. That's 5.5 average yards after the catch. That is very, very good numbers. That is some of the best in the NFL, and it's very impressive. That's because he's one of those deep ball threats who catches it on the run. He just keeps going right into the end zone. you got to love this guy. Makes some exciting, exciting plays. However, he is very high and very low. This doesn't necessarily change his value because his numbers are still the same, but it is important to note that he'll go from an insane game one game to nothing the next game. In fact, in 11 games last season, he didn't score in 11 games last season and so and in fact a lot of those games he had you know less than 50 yards and he really struggled only had a couple of catches and so that is one thing to note when you draft this guy or when you have him on your dynasty league or whatever is to know that you know he's very high and low and you got to know the right times to start him and the right times to sit him for that he makes me uncomfortable but you can't deny it at the end of the season he's a guy who breaks a thousand yards he gets you nine or ten touchdowns he's not necessarily old he's got a pretty good balance there i mean that's as is what it is what do you think? Yeah, I agree. I think that his value is tied to Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck has been phenomenal. We look at how many touchdowns he's averaged per game over the last few seasons, and it projects out to be 37 touchdowns over 16 games. He's been very good there. He was very inconsistent the year that Andrew Luck was out, but once again, that was the fact that Andrew Luck was out there. He is up and down. I think there's a little more stability when Luck is playing there. But yeah, overall, his numbers are solid. Um, I think he's another guy that's overlooked, honestly. It was a couple years ago that he actually led the NFL in total yards. People overlooked that. He had a huge year, so... Look at A.J. Green. So he's missed significant time two of the last three years. That, along with the fact that he's played in a below-average offense, I think he can be overlooked. This guy is very talented, former first-round pick. Um, when he is on the field and he is healthy, he produces. He's very good. At the end of his career, probably be considered a Hall of Famer, at least in consideration, certainly the way his career is projecting. You look at his um, stats per game, average over 16 games, puts him out to about 87 catches, 1,283 yards, and nine touchdowns. That's very solid, especially when you consider that the Bengals offense has not been that good. This guy early in his career had double-digit touchdowns in three seasons, and he, in his first five seasons, he had over 1,000 receiving yards, so he's very consistent there. I think he's got a few good seasons left, him. he's not young anymore at 31. But I think, you know, he could easily have three to four more good seasons there this year and a couple others. I think it also helps that the offense has made some changes, and Joe Mixon had a very, very good year there. So I think that's going to help free some things up. You'll see less double teams there. So um, not a great pick. Doesn't have a lot of years left. But this is a guy for the next maybe, you know, two, three, four years is, is very solid, um, like A.J. Green, is a safe pick. All right. All right, a guy I'm very excited about and I love is Cooper Cup. Now, it's hard to measure Cooper Cup and really how good he is because last year he only played seven games, but that bodes very well for him. That actually is huge, and I'll tell you why. Because in those seven games, he had six receiving touchdowns. In six of those seven games, he generated a passer rating of over 110. In fact, his seven-game total was a passer rating where he can... Or, Excuse me, he generated a pass rating of 149. He was on pace for 92 catches, 1,300 yards, and 14 touchdowns. He was having a monster season before getting hurt. The only question is, how is his recovery going? From all reports, his recovery is going great, and it's fine, and it doesn't seem to be too much of an issue. Of course, that is always a fear, but every player in the NFL gets hurt at some point, and so... That's not really something that I'm terribly worried about. And going forward, he is so young. I honestly think he's probably the best wide receiver on that team, although I know plenty of people would argue with me about that for days on days. But love Cooper Cup. Uh, he could easily find himself higher up on this list if we were to redo it after this coming season. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think he is the best wide receiver on that team by far, hands down, underrated. Um, one concern, you mentioned it, coming back from ACL surgery. I think we're going to take him a whole other year to probably get back to where he was last year. I think another thing that hurts his fantasy value is just how many weapons they have on that team. But this guy is very, very good. Absolutely. Another Vikings here, Stefan Diggs. Okay, very talented wide receiver. He may actually be better than Adam Thielen in terms of just raw talent goes, right? <clears throat> He's one of these guys that you always say, you know, if he could stay healthy. And that's certainly true with him, the proverbial, if he could stay healthy. This guy could stay on the field and be healthy. I think he'd have a phenomenal year there. 
Now, Kirk Cousins arrived, and that really kind of pushed him over the hump in terms of talent. He has first 1,000-yard receiving season, and he had 100 catches last year, adding to that nine touchdowns, a very, very good year there. Now, if you follow the Vikings closely, and we do because we're Vikings fans, we live here in the state of Minnesota, so we follow that team probably closer than any other team in the NFL. Um, he's a guy that throughout his career has missed a lot of times due to nagging injuries or has played less than 100%. So a lot of the games he's been out there on the field, he's missed practice time, he's been beat up. Um, when he is healthy, this guy has got a ton of talent. I think he's got a bright future. He's only 25 years old, so he's still very young there. He's a guy that I would say has a very high ceiling, but also very low floor because, once again, he has a hard time staying healthy. I don't want to, I love to talk more about him. We probably will in our wide receiver ranking video. A lot of these guys will get more in depth, but we want to keep this a little bit shorter. We want to keep it under an hour. Anything you want to add to Stefan Diggs? No, nothing to add to that. I think that's a perfect analysis. It's really just whether or not he can stay healthy. And that's a boring topic because there's nothing we can really say about that, but fingers crossed, you know? All right, what about Mike Williams? This is a pretty simple situation. Guy who is a first-round, seventh overall pick, and he started to play up to that last year. He is absolutely a great wide receiver. He had 10 touchdowns in just 43 catches. That's insane. That means he had a touchdown for every four times he caught the ball. That's because he's the deep ball threat. Now, Tyrell Williams used to be that guy, but Tyrell Williams is gone, and that's a perfect, perfect situation that he's leaving because that is now Mike Williams' job. Uh, and I'm very excited about that, and I think that that is huge for him. Of course, he averaged over 15 yards per reception, um, and so Mike Williams fits really well into that role. He's got a good quarterback and Keenan Allen to keep pressure off of him. I think that's a beautiful fit, and I like Mike Williams for years to come. I think he's going to really play up to that first round talent and I think the I think that the Chargers actually made a really good pick of course it's a bit deceiving he's had some injuries and he's really struggled to work his way in but I think now he's in he's earned his spot and I'm excited to see who he can do going forward yeah I think he's a little hindered by the fact that Keenan Allen's there and Keenan Allen's obviously the number one wide receiver on that team also Melvin Gordon's uh involvement in the passing game has taken away some of those targets and lowered his value but there was one game last year where that Keenan Allen was out and he became the go-to guy in that game and he exploded had a phenomenal game it kind of gives us a glimpse just how talented this guy is. So I really like Mike Williams too. So I think some people are going to disagree with this pick, um, and I'm okay with that because he's one of my sleepers, and I'm gonna, I would put money on this guy. I've got him right now, number 19, Allen Robinson. So this is a guy, first of all, is not that old. It feels like he's been in the league forever, but he's only 26 years old. A few years ago, this guy was ranked in the top 10. A lot of people had him ranked between 5 and 10 at very high wide receiver rankings. And that is because he crushed it in 2015, went out, he had 1,400 yards and 15 touchdowns. But then he had injuries, and he was really hindered by Blake Bortles' um, bad play that hurt him quite a bit there. He comes to 2019, high hopes, has a good preseason. And in the very first game, early in that game, he tears his ACL. Signs a big contract with the Bears. He's brought in to be their number one wide receiver, and he had an average season at best. 754 receiving yards and four TDs. Doesn't sound that great, right? I want you to consider this with this guy. Once again, still young. This is a guy that has shown in the past he can produce there. And they threw a lot of money at him, and it tells me that the coach has a lot of confidence in this guy. But consider this going into the last year. He's still young at 26. He's recovering from ACL surgery. You know, it takes a while to get back in playing shape. He's learning a new offense with a new coach and a young quarterback. There's a lot there to overcome into one year, okay? ACL, new coach, all these things, all these factors. But he averaged in his last eight games 76.5 receiving yards per game. You project that over 16 games, that's 1,224 receiving yards. He also averaged five catches per game during that stretch. That would turn out to be 80 catches. You could see he got healthier as the year went on. The offense started to click. He built chemistry at the quarterback. I love this guy. In fact, if you look at it, last year, here's what we said about him. We said we like Allen Robinson, but we really felt the year that he's going to really kind of break out and come back, you know, or come into his own or come back to the, what we saw back in 2015, similar numbers there, was 2019. This is the year that I think this guy gets back into that all-pro consideration there. I like the fact he's got Nag and Trubinsky in that offense. That offense will continue to improve, and it's going to up his value. Once again, the last eight games, I think he got healthy. I think he built chemistry. I think the offense got better. I think the quarterback started to trust him. Going into this year, I think this guy easily breaks 1,200 receiving yards. I really like Allen Robinson. So um, feel free to push back on that one a little bit. I think some are going to disagree with that pick. No, I think some people are going to disagree with that pick, and certainly I'm surprised, but the numbers are there. Uh, I guess the question is, is that development going to continue? Really, the only concern is Mitchell Trubisky. Does he continue to be a better good, better quarterback and grow as a player, or is this what we've seen of him? I think he's going to grow a little bit, so I certainly like that pick. All right, now we like Calvin Ridley here. 
Uh, man, I'm excited to see what this guy can do. He had an awesome rookie season, 800 yards or over 800 yards and 10 touchdowns. That's great. But what I really want to look at, because I don't want to waste too much time on this, is what he did to Matt Ryan's statistics. So from 2017 to 2018, once Matt Ryan gained Calvin Ridley, his statistics shot through the roof. He threw an extra 15 touchdowns the next year, over 900 extra yards, an extra 1.2 adjusted yards per attempt, attempt, and his passer rating went up by 16 points. The difference that Calvin Ridley made in that offense was astronomical. This could be the year where he goes over 1,000 yards, and I don't wouldn't be surprised at all if he had another double-digit touchdown season. What I absolutely love is that he's got Julio Jones on the other side, but they're really going to groom him and develop him to be the number one wide receiver. He's not going to get all the attention because of Jones, but you also know that coaching staff is going to focus on Ridley because he is the future top wide receiver of that team. Yeah, I like Calvin Ridley. What's there to say? Great guy. Um, he'll be the number two guy for a while, but eventually that's yeah, going to be his team. So, Jarvis Landry. So throughout his career, he's been really a what I would call a possession specialist, averaging six catches per game. That turns out to be 96 catches per 16 games there, right? This guy is very tough. He's not afraid to go into traffic, take hits. I give him all the credit in the world. This guy gets hammered a ton. He's not afraid to do that there. But his touchdowns and yards have been lower. Could be a lot of reasons for that. But for somebody that many catches, it should produce more yards and more touchdowns. It doesn't do that. I think that might open up the yards a little bit. I think his catches go down this year with Odell Beckham there. But maybe seeing less double teams, he'll uh, be able to have better yards after a catch. We'll see about that. Um, another thing that's a huge benefit for him is Baker Mayfield. I'm really excited to see what that Cleveland Browns offense can do this year. They've got so many weapons there. So I like Jarvis Landry. He's still young at 26. He's proven that he's a great possession receiver, but he does have a limited ceiling there. Anything you want to add to Jarvis? No, I got nothing to add to that. I think that makes sense. What about Kenny Galladay? This is a guy who I feel bad for him. I think he's in a really bad situation. So you look at his rookie year to his second year. He almost tripled his targets. He over doubled his reception, over doubled his yards. He had almost double the amount of touchdowns. He really gained in his production. He had over 1,000 receiving yards. And he looked like he was starting to break out to be this really good wide receiver, one of the best in the league. But quite honestly, Matthew Stafford isn't maybe the best quarterback right now. And honestly, he's a number one wideout. He's getting so much attention from defenses because of some of the, honestly, lack of weapons in that offense that that is a major problem right now for him. Uh, if they get another wide receiver on that team to draw some attention away, he'll have a lot more increase in value, but until then he is limited. All right. Chris Godwin, so I'll talk about this guy. I really like him. He's only 23 years old. I think this guy's got a bright, bright future. Coaches loved him last year. They talked about him when he came in as a rookie. And statistically, he made a huge jump from his rookie year to his second season. He went from 34 catches to 59. Yards, he went from 525 to 842. And from touchdowns, he went 1 to 7. Now, we previewed him going into 2018, and we said we really like this guy. The jump that he had numbers-wise were really huge. But I think that those numbers are actually greater if you consider this. I mean, that team was loaded with wide receivers. You know, you got Mike Evans there. You had Deshaun Jackson and, and Adam Humphreys. And they all had huge numbers there. And so now that two of those guys are gone, Jackson's gone, Humphreys is gone, that's going to up his targets. Mm -hmm. And you can't just look at the wide receivers. What about the two solid tight ends? Yeah. I mean, there's just so many mouths to feed. Those numbers are very impressive. And those numbers are going to go up. Yeah, this guy is going to have 1,200 yards this year at least. This guy's going to be considered an all-pro. I love Chris Godwin there. Once again, they let... Adam Humphreys and Deshaun Jackson go for a reason. I think part of that reason was they trust Godwin. I think they think he'd be the number two guy there. I also love that you have on the other side Mike Evans. Mike Evans is going to get a lot of attention from defenses and leave him in one-on-one -on -one coverage quite often there. Another reason why I like him is that Tampa Bay defense was 31st in the league in points allowed. They give up a ton of points, meaning Tampa Bay has to constantly throw the ball. I love that. I like his talent. I like the situation he's in there. He is huge. I call him a sleeper, but I think a lot of people are kind of on him this year. So Yeah. All right, what about DJ Moore? I like DJ Moore. Now, the one bad thing I have to say about him is he only had two touchdowns last year. Other than that, it is pretty much all good news for him, really. He had 54 catches, 74 targets, almost 800 yards, a really good 14.5 yards per catch, and an absolutely insane, off-the-chart 7.9 yards after catch per reception and 17 avoided tackles. Um, those numbers are crazy, crazy good. Now, he'd actually have had more than almost 800 yards. He probably could have broken 1,000 yards, except that in five games, he had two or less targets. 
He just wasn't used for a whole five games. If he had been used the whole season, then we definitely would have seen him probably go over 1,000 yards and have a much better year, maybe even have more time to get those touchdowns up. Uh, but really, when you look at those yards after catch per reception, the 17 avoided tackles and the yards per catch of 14.5, he is, of these young receivers we've talked about, Kenny Galladay and DJ Moore and Calvin Ridley, in my mind, he is the most athletic wide receiver of the group. He has shown himself to be extremely talented. The reason he is not higher on this list is his quarterback situation isn't great. Cam Newton is not an amazing passing quarterback. He's actually getting better, and I'm not going to bash him. I do think he should be a starting quarterback. I'm not saying he should lose his job or anything, but he's not like some of these other guys uh, who some of the other wide receivers have throwing the ball. And then, boom, you talk about that shoulder injury that Cam Newton has and really the struggle that he's going to have going into this next season of whether or not he's going to be able to throw. We saw what happened to Andrew Luck. I believe it was the same injury, was it not? Very similar, yeah. Very similar injury. And we saw how long it took Andrew Luck to get back to who Andrew Luck is. At some point, Cam Newton is going to be Cam Newton again. But next year, probably not. It may even take him a year and a half or two years to really get back to that form. And so that's what hurts DJ Moore most. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, even if Cam Newton's arm is fine or shoulder is fine, wide receivers typically have not thrived in that offense with him at quarterback there. But I do like DJ Moore. Good Tyler Boyd there, uh, 24 years old, still very young. He had a good rookie season, right? But then in season two was kind of disappointing. He rebounded very nicely last year there, especially after A.J. Green went down. Now, Boyd missed two games, yet still was able to hit over 1,000 receiving yards. And when you consider the fact that often Jeff Driscoll was his quarterback throwing him the ball, uh, he had a very good season there. So I'm not going to get too much into this because we're going to break these things down later on. But I do like this guy. I think he's a nice compliment in that offense there. I think he's a solid, for me in fantasy terms, I would call him a solid wide receiver three in most teams and most leagues this year. I don't think he's got the talent to be a wide receiver two just yet, not with A.J. Green there and some other issues. But I do think he's going to be a very good wide receiver three in fantasy. Yeah. All right, what about Corey Davis now? He's a Titans wide receiver, so let's, you know, let's stay away. Of course, I'm not a huge fan. That situation, the quarterback situation there isn't great, but the numbers are there for Corey Davis. He had 65 catches, 108 targets, uh, almost 900 yards, and four touchdowns. Those four touchdowns look even better when you realize three of those touchdowns came after week 10. And really, I think that's huge because that offense struggled so much, but really started to develop towards the end of the year. And in fact, in the second half of the season, he had five games in which he generated a passer rating of over 100. So I like Corey Davis. The question is, can that offensive coordinator and that head coach, can they figure out a way to get some better quarterback play? I mean, that's really all he needs. And so that's what I got to say right now. He could easily climb up this list once that quarterback play gets better. But until then, uh, we're really going to keep him down here. He does have potential, and he does get on this list. I mean, a top 30 dynasty wide receiver is still good, uh, but it won't be better until that gets improved. Yeah, without getting to sabermetrics and breaking down, I agree. I think the biggest concern for him at this point is not his talent. It's the quarterback situation there. So. Will Fuller, I, you know, I love this kid. He's 25 years old, still very young. He's a former first-round pick. People don't realize that. Uh, when him and, and Deshaun Watson are on the field together, his numbers have been insane. During the 11 games that they've both been on the field together and been healthy, during the 11 games, he's had 11 touchdowns, 782 yards. That turns out to be 16 TDs and 1,137 receiving yards over 16 games. Um, and he's rarely going to see double teams because you got Hopkins over there getting a lot of attention. It's just a matter of him staying healthy. Now, he tried to put some weight on the offseason. He worked out, put some muscle on, trying to keep him healthy. And, of course, he still missed time again there. Another thing I think is him and Watson are a great combination. I'll tell you why. He's got great speed and Watson's ability to buy time in the pocket to allow him to get deep. And with his strong arm, I think they're a great combination there. So I uh, love this guy. I think he's got another guy I've mentioned, a few guys like him that have high ceilings but lower floors because of the question marks. But when he is on the field, this guy could produce. We talked about... Um, they could definitely be a wide receiver combination and both end up with over a thousand receiving yards. I like um, Willful there. All right. All right, I'm really excited to talk about Dante Pettis. This is a guy who is the number one wide receiver on that team and has huge upside. I, I mean, I, this is a guy who I like, and I would love to see him develop into an elite wide receiver. Of course, who knows if that'll happen, but I think that it could. Uh, now, last year, he actually had 40 targets, which is not much, but he made the most of those targets. For starters, in 40 targets, he had five touchdowns. That's a touchdown every eight catches, or excuse me, every eight targets, not even eight catches. And so that is very productive numbers. And what's most impressive about his numbers 
numbers. We could go through all these fine details, but really, poor guy had a bad quarterback situation where he bounced around from Jimmy Garoppolo to Nick Mullins uh, to C.J. Bethard. So he was all over the place, and so really like what he's able to do with that. Of course, 33 of those uh, targets, excuse me, 33 of those targets came from backup quarterbacks, and uh, he had 27 catches. 19 of those 27 catches came went for first down. So he's getting a lot of first down per catch. He's catching well per target, and he's doing it with backup quarterbacks. He's finding the end zone. I'm excited, excited really to see what he can do this year. Um, Hopefully they'll nail down their quarterback. Maybe it'll be Nick Mullins or Garoppolo. I'd love to see how that works itself out. Hopefully there's a bit of a quarterback controversy there. I do like Mullins. But if that quarterback play gets consistent and developed and improved for a whole season as he develops himself as a wide receiver two, three years from now, I could see him being a very, very good wide receiver. Yeah, I wish there was a quarterback controversy there. There's not going to be one. Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be their guy, but I think there should be a quarterback controversy. I think Mullins deserves an opportunity to win that job, but I don't think that'll be the case. They're giving a ton of money to Jimmy. With that said, I love Dante Pettis. I agree with you. I think this guy is very talented. I think he's their best wide receiver. I also love the fact that Georgia Kittle is there because I think that's going to allow him to develop without getting too much attention from defenses. I'm excited to see what this guy can do for a full season. I, I agree with you. Christian Kirk, I'm going to talk a lot about this guy. We're getting late in the video. We're coming up on an hour here. and But when we do our preseason wide receiver rankings, I'm going to get into some analytics, the saber metrics about this guy. He wowed in preseason. This guy is very solid in college there. And he had glimpses of what he could do as a rookie. And I think what happened is the limited success that he had was really amazing if you consider the fact that Josh Rosen's struggled a lot. In fact, right now there's a lot of conversation. We're coming up on the NFL draft. A lot of teams, a lot of people are assuming that Arizona is going to take a quarterback. That's how down there on Josh Rosen there. This guy had a great college career. There's a new coach, new offensive coordinator midway through last season. Christian Kirk is a legitimately talented wide receiver. He's got a great NFL career ahead of him there. And eventually, very soon here, Larry Fitzgerald is going to be retiring. And that's going to be his team. I really like Christian Kirk. All right, and then really the last guy in this list is Sterling Shepard. There's not a whole lot to say about him, uh, but he's been productive. In fact, six times last season he generated a quarterback rating of 118 or higher. Four of those six happened without Odell Beckham Jr., and that's really the key. He's on this list because he's pretty young wide receiver. He's certainly not old, and he's going to have some seriously increased value now that Odell Beckham is out. This is something we've talked about a lot, but he moves into that really that number one wide receiver role. I like that they got Golden Tate to take away a little bit of attention, so he's not going to be double teamed too much. But guys, Sterling Shepard, I like Sterling Shepard. I think going forward, he inches out a bit more of that role. The only question being, how does that quarterback situation figure itself out? Do they go out and get Dwayne Haskins, or is it Eli Manning for a few more years, or what the heck is happening? That's probably the biggest reason he's low on this list, is we have yet to see him for a full season as the guy, and we have yet to really see a quarterback that we trust on that team. Yeah, you look at back when Odell Beckham broke his ankle and he was the guy there. He had three monster games. He showed he could take that role as number one guy and be very successful. The one thing that did hurt him that year a little bit was the double teams that he saw. But with Saquon Barkley there, he doesn't have to about double teams anymore because Saquon Barkley is a stud. And so do you look at that? And you also look at the Tate's there and then Evan Ingram. Mm -hmm. Evan Ingram is a very underrated tight end there. So I think Sterling Shepard, um, you look at his average draft position right now, I think last I saw, he's the 42nd wide receiver being taken. That is way, way, way too low. This guy is going to be a steal for a lot of you out there. I like Sterling Shepard. So. All right. Well, anything else you have to say before we're done? No, I think this is it. Once again, subscribe, view. We're going to try to pick up the pace of our videos. We're going to get to some other materials. We're going to really try to make some changes. I know we've talked about it quite a bit. New website, new rankings. I know you're putting a lot of work coming up in the near future here. So look for that. Also, your suggestions and feedback mean a lot to us. So thanks. All right. And uh, God bless and take care.